Hello and welcome to How Seymour Sees It, a fantasy football podcast. Today I am joined by Joseph McCann and JJ LaPlante. Say hello, boys. What's going on, Ron? How's it going? All right, today we are going to break down the NFC North. And uh, we've got a little bit of news to talk about first from the D.C. Sprinkles, also the Washington football team, as some people call them. The wrong people. Not on this podcast. Not no. on this podcast. They are the DC Sprinkles. <laughs> um, Darius Geis has been let go. My immediate response to this is, let's go Antonio Gibson. Like they invested a third round pick in him for a reason. Yeah, I don't. I I still don't think. I just think this actually gives more chances for Adrian Peterson. Yeah. I mean, the man is. He still has rushed for a thousand year or a thousand years. A thousand yards. Well, he has for a yeah, thousand I mean, has years. A thousand years yeah, uh, a thousand yards almost for the past two seasons. I think last season he was just a little shy. Um, but again, that that backfield, even with one person getting released, is still so crowded. It's you still have him and Love. I think right. Yeah, it's Bryce Love is still in yep. there. Like J J D McKissick, uh, and then there's also one more was for the Tampa Bay last year. I don't even remember. You're diving down so deep down this rabbit hole, I don't even know the last guy you named. Oh, exactly. That's But that's how many people they have on that – like, and they were all at one point, you know, relevant running backs. Yeah. Peyton Barber. They just like to the collect them like stray cats. I, I, I still feel at least one or two more will get released before the season starts. Um, but it but won't be for AP. all the people who have already drafted – certain thing, a dynasty or best ball, and they chose Darius Geis, well, they're not getting crap out of them. Nope. So, for all you that got Gibson, congratulations. Maybe, yeah. I mean, give just better pathway to him being successful. All right, we'll get started. Uh, we have the Green Bay Packers that won the division at 13-3, and three, and we will get going started by talking about them. I mean, I don't feel like they have a lot of fantasy-relevant players, uh, there's a few, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Devonte Adams, and Aaron Jones are probably the big three. Um, we can discuss Mercedes Lewis a little bit later when we get into this too. Mercedes Lewis, the tight end. That's not even going to be the starting tight end. Probably not. It's going to be Jay Sternberger. It just shows the relevance of that tight end position. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there is much. Um, we'll start with Rodgers. Um, I'm, I'm not that high on Rogers. Uh, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football, but he hasn't been putting out the statistics like he was in the past, mainly because they don't give him any weapons. Any, any pushback? Um, so actually I think there was kind of an interesting statistic on just green Bay all. And I think it will kind of segue us into other players too, is green Bay was uh seven and one in seven point games last year which shows that they were able to control the clock and run the ball a lot. Statistically speaking, that probably isn't going to happen again this year. So you're going to see them go from running the ball with Alex Lewis to passing the ball. So I think he actually may have a little bit more fantasy relevance this year because they may be playing behind having an average defense as opposed to last year. Alex Lewis? Alex Jones. Aaron Jones. Some It's some variety of the name. <laughs> some, that, the, guy that, the guy that runs the ball in Green Bay, that man. Yeah. Finished number two in the fantasy last year. That's in it. Both formats. Um, oh, yeah, we can – yeah, Rodgers, I don't – last year he threw for just over 4,000 yards. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't have a stellar touchdown output. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't anything miraculous. It wasn't like 40. I think it was just over 30 or something. Right. I also believe that – they are going to run the ball a little bit more this year, if I'm being honest. I mean, they took A.J. Dillon in the second round. I feel like they were going to use him. See, I think they're going to be playing actually a little bit farther back this year, so I think they're going to be passing the ball a little bit more. So? But I do, th- I do think Dillon will be stealing some of Alex Jones' production, though. Well, <laughs> Aaron Jones, dude. <laughs> I don't care at this point. <laughs> I'm running with it. I messed I his name up twice. I'm running with it. I'm running with it. I, th- I think you're a little too high on Rodgers. Uh, Joe, I uh, 
Oh, yeah? Aaron Rodgers finished 20th in QBR last year, which is really middle of the road. And with LaFleur coming in, they're a run-first team for sure. Um, and you can just see it, you know, being a Bears fan, I watch a lot of NFC North football, and he is not nearly as mobile as he was, so he's not using his legs as much, and he's usually ends up banged up by the end of the year. So, I don't know. I, I'm staying away from Rodgers. I think he's overdrafted because of his reputation. He, uh, I see a lot of – in a lot of mock drafts, I see him getting taken too early. Um, so, I'm just kind of staying away. And as Ron mentioned, a- they did take A.J. Dillon – and uh, Aaron Jones ran in 16 touchdowns last year. so that, That's not happening again. He's not, no. And I have a good yeah. stat around that. Um, Let's hear I, it. If I can find it real fast in my paperwork here. To respond to something oh. JJ said while he's looking that up, I'm actually not that high on Aaron Rodgers. I just think this is going to be more indicative of Devontae Adams, who I actually am very high on. So Aaron Jones, or Alex Jones, whatever you want to call him, Let's go with it. Um, yeah. <laughs> he had 19 attempts inside the 10-yard line last year. Yep. 11 of his touchdowns came off of those 19 attempts. Wow. I think they drafted A.J. Dillon, who is a Derrick Henry-type size and athleticism player. His build is exactly like him. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think every time they get in close to the goal line, he's coming in. Not, and I don't know why, because Aaron Jones was super efficient in there, but maybe just, just to keep his legs fresh. Yeah, I think because he did take a lot it. of in, he did take a lot of hits last year. Yep. So I feel like there's that. There's that, and also you have to look at the contract situation of Aaron Jones. In today's NFL, very rarely do running backs get paid, and this is Jones's last year in his contract. Right. And I mean. Like like mentioned earlier, Roger doesn't didn't get any weapons drafted wide receiver wise. They took a running back in the second round. You know that's a pretty big investment, and I wouldn't be surprised if they let Jones walk and Dylan takes over next season. I think you're right about that too. Um, yeah, let's uh let's let Joe talk about his boy Devontae Adams. I know you're super high on him this year. Oh, we're gonna go back into him again too. A little bit. We don't, All right, so I mean, actually, I have bit, so. If you would have listened to one of our earlier podcasts, I have Devontae Adams actually rated as the number two wide receiver in all of fantasy football this year, obviously attributed to another guy who would be number one with New Orleans. But I think he could put up between 12 and 1,300 yards, and I think that's simply going to be because he doesn't have a lot of – Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of other receivers to throw to, considering that one has gone out with COVID. They didn't draft anyone, but they did draft someone named Love, who they're going to look to replace him with in three or four years. So I think between 12 and 1,300 yards and potentially him repeating seven touchdowns is reasonable numbers for him. Um, he's going to have a lot of extra value in PPR leagues because they're just going to shell targets at him. So here's, my, here's what I got Devontae Adams pegged for this year. 150 targets. Mm-hmm. He's going to get 97 receptions for 1,164 yards and 10 touchdowns. It's, very, it's a very good year. Yep. Last year, he had 31, 31% of all of the targets. And I do feel like Alan Lazard uh, takes it up a little bit of a notch this year. He's going to be the number two wide receiver. Uh, they brought in Devin Funches, but he opted out. Mm-hmm. And yep. Aaron Rodgers has talked, talked up Alan Lazard a little bit. So I do feel like he gets a little bit bump in targets, which will bring down Devontae Adams a little bit. I honestly think you're going to see – um, Lazard and um, Marquise Velder not really be decent options early. I think he may try to spread the wealth around earlier in the season, but as the year goes on, he's just going to go back to the wishing well. He knows him and he's consistent with him, and he's just going to go back to his security blanket. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have Lazard or MVS standing mm-hmm. for much. Uh, Lazard, I got him up to about a 16% target share. Right. And, um, MVS is like 10. I, got I don't think you're going to see them as anything more than late round flyers. No, I don't have them projected for much in the way of yardage. 427, 405, yeah, a so few touchdowns between them. Yeah. But I do think that it brings down the volume of what Devontae Adams is going to get. It may bring down the volume of what he is, but if they're going to be passing the ball more, there's going to be more passes to go around. So his volume may go down as in. Targets going around, but if they're not running the ball as much, I still think you could see him 
hold those numbers or increase those numbers, which what I think he's going to end up doing. I feel like they run the yeah, ball th- quite a bit. With the addition think, of A.J. Um, Dillon. Go ahead, J.J. I, I'm kind of aligned with Joe. Um, Adams is Aaron Rodgers' boy, and it's he takes care of him pretty well. <laughs> and uh, boy. yeah, I, I I foresee 100 receptions and probably 13, 1400 yards if he plays all 1600. Oh, beautiful uh, prediction! All 16 games. Um, last year, I was really high on MBS. You know, the six-five receiver that runs a four-four. I thought he was going to light it up as a two, but every year it just seems that Devontae Adams is the one that steals all the targets. So, yeah, I think the trend continues. All right. Um... How do we feel about Aaron Jones? He finished last year as the number two. I know we talked about him a little bit. I don't think he finishes that high again. I think you and, see him fall down somewhere between 10 and 15. And year, I believe honestly. he was on my bust list on our bust episode. He was. He did. I just even, even if you put him down in that range between 10 and 15 compared to where he's going to be drafted this year and what he did last year, it's still bust in fantasy sports. I mean, he only had he only had just over a thousand yards rushing last year. It's not like he tore it up rushing. No, he got all of his production in the red zone. Yeah, like those touchdowns really, you know, bolstered his end of the year thing. And you're going to get these people come in and just look at the end of the year mm-hmm. and take him super high. And I just don't do it. He's going to lose his touchdowns to AJ Dillon, and I I've got him losing carries to AJ Dillon. I think he had something like 240 carries last year. I brought it down to 220 because I believe, like you said, J.J., it's a contract year for him, and they're going to want to see what they got in this A.J. Dillon to see if they need to sign Aaron Jones or not because if they can just get away with A.J. Dillon for the next few years instead of signing Aaron Jones, they're going to want to see what they got. So Agreed. All right, anybody else? Uh, I don't believe outside of – uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones is really many people that you're going to start on a week-to-week basis. Um, like I said, Alan Lazard could be a flex option some weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Not someone you're going to want to throw out there every week, though. Um, more if Devontae Adams has like a really – going up a really good corner. Yeah, and, or goes out because of an injury. or, or go, Yeah, if he goes out because of injury, Alan Lazard might step it up more. Um, yeah, I can't think of I've, the tight ends. I'm not too – some people are high on this Jay Sternberger. Um, no, not really. I'm not anyway. I, I don't got him projected for much. <laughs> what do you got him at? I think he'll go – I think he'll go undrafted in most leagues. Green Bay, they really haven't had a, a relevant tight end since the Jermichael Finley days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, everyone's kind of always seemed high on the tight ends because Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball, but at the end of the day, it, it seems like the tight end's pretty irrelevant in Green Bay. I mean, so I he put, won't look. They even had Jimmy Graham there, and he really wasn't fantasy relevant. Yeah, no. I uh, I put Sternberger at seventy-five targets, forty-five receptions for three hundred fifteen yards. That might be even a little bit generous. It might be. Yeah, I just like I, with him. I kind of went off of what, uh, what what's his name there, the tight end that you just mentioned. Now I can't think of Lewis. his name. No, not Lewis. <laughs> The one that played there, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy, Gr- Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Not Lewis. No one cares about Lewis. <laughs> Stop it. We're not diving down into the tight end thing again, Joe. We're not doing it. One of these episodes I'll get you No to. Jeremy Sprinkles. No, you know, it's not happening. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one of these episodes, I'm getting it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of went off by what Jimmy Graham did last year and adjusted a little bit. Um and I guess there's a world where Aaron Rodgers could pepper him with targets. I mean, like we said, when Jermichael Finley was there, Jermichael Finley was fantasy relevant. Maybe Jay Sternberger will eventually get there, but. Yeah, but if you things... see that, you can pick him probably off the waiver wire later. Right, exactly. All right, let's move on. Number two in the division was the Minnesota Vikings at 10-6. and six. Um, They – Kind of the same situation. Don't have a lot of people that are fantasy relevant, really. Uh, no. Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, uh, Delvin Cook. I mean, they've got a rookie in Justin Jefferson. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's taken over for Stephon Diggs. But I doubt and this is another tight end position goal. we don't dive into either. Yeah, no. They've got two. Well, the problem with this one is a little bit different is they've got two, 
you know, he's a tight end with Kyle Rudolph and Herb Smith. Right. And the problem is when you have that is they're going to steal targets away from each other. And that doesn't make a fantasy relevant. Right. Again, maybe wait weeks where bad tight end matchup, but then again, like who's it going to be? Right. Like there's a bad tight end matchup. You got to choose which one. I'm not going to want to wait eight weeks to see who emerges from that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would think it would be Irv Smith Jr. He's the younger one. Uh, Kyle Rudolph isn't isn't bad by any means, but you know he's going to be slowing down. He's getting older. Yeah. You know they're going to want to try to implement in the new kid a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things. Where yeah, that was like, a confusing that was a confusing situation because they drafted Irv Smith and Rudolph's contract was up, and then they randomly extended Rudolph for a decent bit of money. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, just staying away from that in general. Yeah. Um, it's funny, Ron. You said you weren't going to dive down the tight end segment in this episode, and here you are on the next team doing it. Well, they are a little bit more talk about worthy than, you know, Lewis. Right. So, I mean, but uh, there's really only one more tight end in this entire division that's worth talking about after these two. So We'll, we'll get to that, though. We'll get to them later. Um, Cousins, i not a fan. No. He's – very efficient, but this team is going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. That's what they want to do. They want to manage the game. So I actually got about... an interesting stat on Kurt too. When you get it around, go to for it. it. Yeah. So Kirk Cousins in regular fantasy leagues last year only broke twenty points five weeks out of the year. So I mean that makes him nothing more than a streaming option this year. Yeah. No. There's not much that I'm targeting him for no you know what you're gonna get with cousins he's gonna plug him in when your quarterback has a bye week you're probably gonna get 250 yards maybe a couple scores but they don't throw the ball a lot like you said to run first team and they lost their oc stefanski to the browns so kubiak steps in i don't think (laughs) it's much different than last year no and kubiak's very heavy to the running game as well very heavy to the running game Yep. yep and uh if i remember correctly they only threw the ball – hold on here. They only threw the ball 466 times. That's all the attempts yeah. he had. That is a low number. Now, I do believe because, you know, their defense has taken some hits this this offseason, and yep. I've just seen that one of their linebackers is having heart surgery and is out for the year. Is he a starting linebacker? I believe so, yes. Okay. Because um, it, was, it was made a pretty big, big deal about – like, it wasn't just one of the things that was kind of brushed over. Mm-hmm. It was an actual headline. They're, like, you know, talking I think about he, it. I think he actually found out that he had the heart issue because he came down with COVID, if I'm not mistaken. It was something like that. He got tested for COVID and found it or something along those lines. Yeah. Tested positive, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the defense lost a lot. Everson Griffin is still a free agent. And yep. Xavier Rhodes kind of got washed up and is gone. So they got a – some, a young secondary with a couple of decent, decent safeties out. Right. I know that they'll be as dominant as they were. Yeah, so I bumped up their attempts a little bit. I put them up to 490 attempts, but I still don't think that they're going to go much more than that mm-hmm. if they can help it. Um, so I still only got them making like 3,663 yards and 27 touchdowns. That so, sounds about right. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you. So I do believe that Adam Thielen will be the only one that uh, – will be a good week-to-week starter. You mean my top, my number nine of the top ten fantasy this year? Yeah, you're number nine. I got him for 122 targets, 83 receptions, and 1,098 yards and seven touchdowns. Sounds good. Yeah, it's not bad. No, that sounds good. I mean, Adam Thielen is a beast. I'm curious to see how he does now that Stephon Diggs isn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, with Justin Jefferson coming in, there's no way he's replacing Diggs production right away no. so that's just not happening um i think you'll that's still see him get... go ahead JJ. that's the question with Thielen, right it's uh, is it a juju smith schuster situation where he loses antonio brown and then he doesn't look like the same receiver also a lot of Thielen's success is out of the slot and that's kind of justin jefferson's specialty so are they going to keep Thielen in the slot or are they going to put him on the outside where he hasn't been as successful but i think he'll get a good bit of targets and most of the mock drafts I do, he's taken at the end of the second round, middle of the third round. I think that's about right for him. Yeah. So, 
So, see, I've actually got a response to that. So, I think they're actually going to try to hide Jefferson early because he's coming off an injury in college last year. So, I think they may actually put him more on the outside and keep Thielen in the slot anyway. So, I think you'll see them transition him into the slot later in the season, but I think they're just going to try to get him acclimated early. So, I think he's going to have heavy numbers early in the season. Yeah, like that. Yep, yep. Not bad. Um, Delvin Cook, though, he's, uh, he's pretty good at football. Top five, even. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's pretty good at football. I actually, when I was doing his projections, I had to, I had to catch myself, because mm-hmm. I was going through him and he ended up with like fifteen hundred yards rushing, and I'm like, oh, he's just, your boy. I'm like, that's just not gonna happen. He's I, a Ron Seymour boy. I think I I think I gave him a, a little bit higher, uh, yard per average. He's an, he's an interesting case, though, because, I mean, he ended up the top – he was a number six running back in fantasy football last year. But you got to remember, he still didn't play in week, week 16 and 17, because, so he could have been even higher. Yeah, um, and that's one thing you got to take into consideration if you're thinking about taking him is he hasn't played a full season. No. Uh, he's very injury prone. So but you still get production, production out of him even with those injuries. Right. I mean, he's still going very high in drafts. Like, most cases, he's – the fourth or fifth running back off the board. Yep. I've seen I've seen some mock drafts and stuff where he goes ahead of Alvin Kamara. Um so it's just one of those cases where you gotta know what you're getting. Yeah. Like you have to recognize the risk. If you're taking Delvin Cook, you take Alexander Madison later in the draft. You get the insurance policy. The handcuff. You get the handcuff like and if you're not taking Delvin Cook Take Alexander Madison late in the draft, and if you can hold on to him for a few weeks and see if something happens to Delvin Cook, Delvin Cook goes out for the season. You have yourself a number one running back. Right, and with it being a Kubiak system, that tendency to run the ball is going to stay, as J.J. said earlier. Yep, sure is. So I got Delvin Cook also doing pretty good in the reception category. Mm -hmm. 78 targets, 60 receptions for 560 yards. And here's a weird stat that I didn't realize. He did not have one receiving touchdown all last year. That is an interesting stat. Like, I, I was shocked when I saw that. I'm like, really? None? So I gave him three because I think at any time he could bust off a 60-yard screen for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the fact that he had zero last year just blew my mind. Just it's odd statistically considering yeah. he's pretty good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Exactly. Yeah, I just I was shocked, mm-hmm. but I, I tempered I tempered his yards a little bit in rushing, and brought him down to eleven hundred forty four, which is still very respectable. Yeah, it is. Um, so he's still going to be up there when if he plays all sixteen or even most of the year, he's going to have good numbers. Right. And he's going to be good for your fantasy team. Where do you guys think uh, Justin Jefferson is in, according to wide receiver value? Because right now he's being drafted as a wide receiver three. I think by the end of the year, if I'm going overall per season, I don't think he breaks into the wide receiver three. I think he's more of a wide receiver four. Okay. Towards the end of the season, though, like I think he'll more consistently be a wide receiver three. Rookie wide receivers generally don't, have great rookie seasons, and when they do break out, it's the second half of the year. You're like right. A.J. Brown last year. I think you're going to see that, too. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get him acclimated, but because there's going to be no preseason games and limited practices, I think you'll see him have more consistent wide receiver three numbers at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough from the get-go. I, I agree. I think he will benefit a little bit from people probably double-covering Thielen and also stacking the box against Delvin Cook. Great. So I do believe that he'll have some opportunities. I have him for 74 targets, 48 receptions, and 624 yards on the year. Which Respectable is, rookie. Yeah, I mean, that probably puts him right about the, the wide receiver three, the lower wide receiver three range. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about him, JJ? Um, he's a talented kid, man. Um, Living down south now, the SEC football is, you know, everybody watches it, so I'm trying to get more into it. So I watched a lot of LSU last year. Saturday and, church. Um, he put out a lot of <laughs> – he put out a lot of production, and um, he was impressive. So 
I think around 600, 700 yards is about right. Um, if Thielen's staying healthy, I think with as little as the Vikings pass, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Very good. All right. The moment JJ has been waiting for. Oh, he's about to light up. <laughs> he's been uh, waiting all night for this. this. To the Don't Chicago Bears. Should we just let him run with this? I mean, I'll give him first crack at it. I mean, they were 8-8 eight and eight last year. Go ahead, JJ. What do you got? All right, I'm going to give you a disclaimer before I start. I'm a Mitch Trubisky stan. So oh, no. <laughs> so you're not going to be happy it. with the fact that I have him getting benched halfway through the season. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Or my hope that he gets benched at the beginning of the season for <laughs> his wide receiver's benefits. Uh, I think the kid takes a lot of heat. I'm going to bring some stuff up. Okay. So last year the Bears' line was terrible. They ranked in the bottom 25% of efficiency. They could not run the football, and there was a lot of questionable play calling. So uh, just changes going into 2020. They fired their OC, um, and they brought in Bill Lazor, who took last year off. Um, and they brought in John Filippo as the quarterback coach, which I like a lot. He had a couple years as uh, OC with uh, – he went to the Vikings for a while, and he wasn't good in the role. And then he jumped ship to the Jaguars, and he just isn't a good – offensive coordinator, but he's a great quarterback coach. He was a quarterback coach for Derek Carr when he was a MVP finalist, and he was a quarterback coach actually for Nick Foles the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So That's um, right, I like that Nick move Foles on that team. Yep, he is. He sure is. Um, and they, the, as far as the offensive line, they brought in a couple of veterans, Jermaine Effetti and Jason Spriggs, and they brought in uh, Juan Castillo as the coach. So I think you'll see the line – do better this year and probably run the football a lot better, which will make it easier on the quarterback position. So, Do you think that's going to affect David Montgomery in a positive light then? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not drafting any Bears quarterbacks in a 10 to 12 man league, but I I certainly think that no matter who starts, the quarterback play is going to be a lot better in 2020. But um, yeah, rolling into Montgomery from Joe. um, I think he's, he's ranked pretty low. In uh, ESPN, he's ranked like 62 or 63 overall. He's going to get carries, man. They they don't really have anybody behind him. They have Tariq Cohen, but if Montgomery went down, he's not going to get 20 carries. Right, and Cohen and is more Cohen that flashy two, player. Yeah, and behind Cohen is uh, Artavis Pierce and Ryan Nall, who are both undrafted free agents from Oregon State. So. He's our guy, and they're going to give him 20 carries a game. Yeah, so. he's going to get all the opportunities. He's yeah. the bell cow. So ba- yep. back to Trubisky here. When you brought up the offensive line, you brought up, you know, all that, all those fancy things. So would you say two years ago that he was a much better quarterback? I don't know that. Trubisky is a, is a slow starter. Um, for whatever reason, the Bears don't play him in the preseason, and I think that hurts him. 2018, he saw not till week five, six that he turned it on. And then he was, I think, a top three fantasy quarterback for like five weeks straight. Um, so he, I think he did regress a little bit. Um, teams watched the film and figured some stuff out. But that's the thing with Trubisky, man. He uh, has all the physical talent to yeah. do it. It's just between the ears, recognizing coverages and stuff. And I think – not knowing what's going on leads to a lot of the inaccurate throws that you see. I can uh, see him being raw. He just needs some seasoning, but I don't know if they'll have the patience for it. We'll see. His yeah, highest Chicago's tough. His highest touchdown year. Now I know we've only been he's only been in there full time for two years. And his highest amount of touchdowns he's ever thrown for was twenty four. Last year was only seventeen to ten interceptions. I just see a situation where it's weak four or five, and this man throws four interceptions in a game where they're going to bring in Nick Foles. Like you said, they brought in John Filippo, who was with Nick Foles in, uh, the, at the Vikings and with the Eagles when he did that historic run. I feel like Trubisky's leash is super short right now. And I think it's that way, I too, think. because I believe the head coach's leash is very short, so he may yank that. Even yeah. earlier in the season, yep. they need and to win. Maggie is definitely playing for his job. Yes, he is. So I've got, well, and I don't, I don't. Go ahead. I don't think that uh, Trubisky fits Nagy's scheme well. So mm-hmm. 
it, it's just a tough situation. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they said, hey, Foles is a starter, because he, know, he definitely knows the offense better than Trubisky. He, it's an Andy Reid system from Philly and Kansas City, and he worked with it with Andy Reid and Doug Peterson both. So Yeah, right. I've got him pretty much splitting the year. Um, Trubisky with a total of 290 attempts and Foles with 280. The difference is really when it comes to touchdowns. I feel like Foles will have more touchdowns than Trubisky and will just – I believe that he'll make better throws, which will make defenses have to ease off coverage a little bit so that that'll make more room for the running backs and they'll end up winning more games because of it. So I feel like that's why they'll bring Foles in. Um, I agree with you with Cohen. He's, he'll never be the bell cow. Even if Montgomery goes down, they'll bring someone else in. Um, but I do think Cohen has a little bit of a bounce back year. I've got him for 108 targets, 74 receptions. Um, so I don't think he'll be super relevant, but I think he's going to have some good weeks. And like you said about Montgomery, just he's not going to be involved in the passing game. That, that's what's really hurting him when it comes to fantasy. Tariq Cohen is that guy. So I've only got him for 34 targets, Montgomery. And he's only going to, in my projections, he's only going to get about 160, 175 yards. Mm-hmm. But I do have him rushing 250 times. <laughs> and it, I, I took his, his yards per carry last year. I think there were like 4.6. And I brought that down to a 4.4, I believe. Um, and it, <laughs> He landed at exactly a thousand yards, <laughs> and uh, eight That's a touchdowns. good round number. Yeah, I. It was funny how it worked. I'm like, wow, okay, that'll work. So, and I feel like you know, Vegas is gonna love you. Yeah, <laughs> over under. Um, so I'm looking at some of the things I see. They've got him about the running back 25, which is just mm-hmm. outside of that running back two. I do think he finishes as an RB two though. I think he's going to be one of those players that you're not like particularly excited that he's on your team, but every week he's going to give you an okay amount of fantasy points. He's never going to be one of those guys that's like, oh, here's 175 yards and three touchdowns, but consistently getting between 80 and 120 yards and a touchdown here or there. Just based on sheer volume? Yeah, just yeah, sheer volume. Plus, I do believe I believe this defense plays better this year. They took a massive step back last year, and I do believe they, they pick it up, um, which, you know, they'll be able to run the ball even a little bit more, try to control the clock, which they want to do. And then, like I said, when Foles comes in, I do believe because he'll make some – more accurate throws and make the other, you know, the other team's defense have to play the pass a little bit more. They won't be stacking the box as much, and it'll be helping David Montgomery. It's a good assessment. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. The defense, you know, they were still a top five defense. It just shows how good the 2018 defense was. They had like so many turnovers and sacks. Um, though they did lose their nose tackle Eddie Goldman, he opted out for COVID, so that that's a big blow to the middle. It is. Um, Mm-hmm. But I, I think they'll still be good. They added Robert Quinn on the outside. But, but uh, also – Khalil Mack a little bit. I was going to say also Khalil Mack. I mean – Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I, I, going back to Montgomery, I think he's around 1,000 or more yards. Um, he, he actually is an underrated pass catcher. I've seen him rip up the scene for 30 yards and make a back shoulder catch. They just really didn't utilize it last year because Tariq Cohen had 79 receptions. Right, and um, I, I feel so, that's going to be the same way this year. I mean, I have Cohen down for 74 receptions. I mean, yeah. I just – I don't – it's not that I don't think Montgomery can do it. I just don't think they, they want yeah. him to. Yep. So, all right, anything else on the Bears? Oh, absolutely. You're, like, missing the big elephant in the room here, Allen Robinson. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the receivers yet. Oh, no, we need to cover this. Oh, yeah, Allen Robinson. Yeah, okay. All right, so I'm going to just cover what I did – Last time we were discussing top 10 receivers, actually, I had him in my top 10, and I think he, again, could have 1,100 yards, and I don't think his value is going to drop off whether Trubinsky's in there or Nick Foles for the simple reason he played with Trubinsky last year, who 
had a down year considering the year previous. Um, I actually think he's got a little bit more upside with Nick Foles in there because Nick Foles likes to throw the ball downfield a little bit farther, and Robinson is a big-body receiver who likes to do that. Yep. Um, uh, full disclosure, when we did those top tens, I didn't have, like, projections. Those were more – they were more gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to slowly go through the projections for every team, and then I'll be able to have, like, a more, you know, projection-based – top 10 right um i do have robinson with 142 targets 81 receptions for 1032 yards and seven touchdowns still in the same ballpark then yeah i uh yeah i really don't think i don't think this offense is going to change that much no i, don't I really don't and i mean like i said if that defense picks it up uh there might be a little bit more room for opportunity but I think most of that opportunity that that would make room for would be the running backs. I think if the defense plays a little bit more like last year, but as JJ was saying, they still had a pretty good year. If they yeah. fall off a little bit more, which I don't think they would, I think that would be more advantageous to Robinson having a better year because they'd be playing from behind, but that's probably not going to happen. Right, yeah. I, I I would assume they would take a step forward rather than a step back. Agreed. Um, yeah. I like Anthony Miller Robinson. a little bit. Just to touch on Robinson. Um, I think he's going to have a good year. He finished last year as the number eight wide receiver in fantasy in PPR. He had 98 receptions. Um, Mitch Trubisky loves him. When he's in there, he forces it to him an annoying amount where the other <laughs> receivers get pissed off that he's throwing to Robinson so much. And uh, like Joe said, I think he's a good pair with Foles. Um, he's a hooper like uh, Alshon Jeffrey was in Philly. And Alshon and uh, Nick Foles had a really good rapport together, throwing it down the field. Both kind of jump ball receivers. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. So uh, I've been taking him second round, at the end of the second round, early third round. Yeah, that's exactly where I projected him to. All right. Any love for Anthony Miller? Yeah. I mean, I like him. I like Miller, man. Yeah, he's a a good player, man. Out of the slot, he's athletic, he's fast. Um, and he's kind of got that Steve Smith swagger where he gets hit and gets up and pounds his chest, which I like in a football player. Mm-hmm. Um, he just It's just kind of been unfortunate where he gets hurt or the offense isn't clicking. But when he turns it on, he you know, Thanksgiving, he put on a clinic versus the Lions. It was really fun to watch. So, yeah, he was in my yeah. line. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's um, a late-round late flyer that could really pay off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have him in my projections – it's nothing spectacular. I got him for 50 receptions, 621 yards. I mean, it's still fantasy relevant though. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's a pathway where this team gets behind and they have to throw more. He yep. could potentially do more. And I know a lot of the work he did came when um, that other Taylor Gabriel was out of the lineup and they got rid of him. Yep. So, Gabriel, the uh, truck driver. Yeah. <laughs> Still on him. He, he like retired and opened us. He retired and opened up a trucking company in Texas. Very nice. All right. <laughs> That's kind of a switch, but you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, I feel like you know he could have a significantly better year. Um. And like I said, if they have to throw it more often, then his targets would go up, his receptions would go up, and his yardage would go up. Mm-hmm. He's one of those players to keep an eye on. Maybe take a, like you said, a late round dart throw. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, anybody else? Any obscure tight ends you want to bring up, Joe? No, I'll I'll, I'll save that for another okay. podcast. Top ten. I, I already end? got I already got you to do it twice. We'll stay off okay. this team on doing All it. All right. Well, no top ten tight end out of this bet or out of this no. offense. All no, right. another podcast. All right. Cool. 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 Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on to uh, the Detroit Lions at three twelve and one. They brought up the end of this division. Um, you got a few, I think, fantasy relevant people in this: Stafford, Galladay, Marvin Jones, the rookie DeAndre Swift, Carryon Johnson, uh, their tight end TJ Hawkinson. He's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting pieces on this team. Ninety percent of it matters if Mr. Stafford can stay healthy. I know in the beginning of the, his career he couldn't 
at all, ever. And then he went on a very good run where it was like six years he played every single game. Mm-hmm. And he gets injured last year. So it's one of those things like, is he starting the cycle over? Or... If, he, if he stays healthy, I think he could fall between that five to seven range in fantasy relevance for quarterbacks this year. Yeah, I, uh, I stated him out as he was playing 16 games. They throw the ball a lot. Um, I know they had, I believe, over 600 attempts last year throwing the ball. That's indicative of them being in behind in a lot of games, though, too, but he plays at his best when they're behind in games. And I, I brought that down to about 582 uh, attempts. Okay. Uh, 378 completions, but finishing at 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns. Like, he, he could – Solid. I mean, he was on pace for – well over that last year in the eight games he played. Like, he was on pace for over 5,000 yards and, like, 44 touchdowns or something. It was... Could you imagine what Kenny Galladay's numbers could have been? Right. With him in there for the rest of the season? He he had a real good year even with him out. I got... Look at... I don't... Did I have Kenny Galladay in my top ten? I'm pretty sure I did. I think I I remember, to be honest. I, you had him in the the same ballpark I did. I had him at five, and I think you had him at six. Well, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if I keep doing these projections and his stay where I have them, he going to be higher <laughs> because I've got him for 125 targets, 75 receptions, 1300 yards. Wow. In 13 touchdowns. That might make him a top three wide receiver, three or four then. Like I might have to look at them again. Like, but that's, that's pretty high. You know, Stafford is throwing for a lot of yards and he really likes Kenny Galladay. And, I mean, he's consistent, too. I mean, he's had over 1,000 yards the last two seasons, and that's with a little bit of inconsistency last year at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So he's obviously a baller. He kind of falls into that Allen Robinson position where it doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. He's just going to play well. I I do believe I'm going oh. to change it slightly at some point because when I was doing them, I've only got Marvin Jones for 943 yards. And I think that this – Offense, if Stanford stay healthy, brings 2,000-yard wide receivers. Um, I actually have Marvin Jones for more receptions on fewer targets. But... You may want to get J.J. in on here. He's biting at the bit to say something. <laughs> I can see it on his face. Uh, going back to – if Stanford stays healthy, you know, I think the offense drives. That's just been the problem, right? Like 100-plus quarterback rating when he was in there. They were playing well, and they're – season kind of derailed in that game versus Green Bay when they got screwed by those two phantom hands-of-the-face calls. Um, uh, yeah, I remember those. But uh, I, I'll tell you this. Their backup quarterback now is Chase Daniel, who came over from the Bears. And um, I think if Stafford goes down, the offense is going to struggle. He has a really weak arm, which doesn't fit in the Galladay's game of going down the field and making those big catches. Um, but – I. I mean, I, their defense isn't that great. They lost Darius Slay to Philly. And um, I can definitely see him getting in some shootouts with Stafford, and he's kind of a fourth-quarter kind of guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford threw for over 4,000. He's just got to stay healthy. Oh, yeah. yeah. If he glass. stays healthy, I think he's almost a lock to go over 4,000. Like, Yeah, definitely. Um, what about these running backs? Now, I know they took DeAndre Swift. I believe it was in the third round, or was it second? Second, I think. Second. Yeah, they took him in the second round, and it's kind of an interesting – I would call it a two-headed monster, unfortunately. I think you're going to see them split carries, but this isn't a very run-heavy offense anyway, whether it be because they play behind or it's just by design. I think you're going to find – they'll have a little bit of fantasy relevance later towards the end of the draft, but I just don't – see them having high upside either one of them yeah they just they've never been able to run the ball historically after barry sanders they just haven't had anybody that has been able to run the ball and the curse of barry sanders yeah like his presence is just there and be like no Uh, that went from 2013 to 2018 they didn't have a hundred yard rusher yeah exactly i don't know i i uh i think i think both backs are pretty talented and you think about some of the backs that have come out of Georgia recently, Ty Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. Um, these guys translate pretty well to pros, but you're going to have Johnson there taking carries. So, um, and he, again, he's kind of like Stafford, right? He can't stay healthy. So he hasn't completed the season yet. So 
Yeah, I yeah, think it's if, kind of a situation I'm I'm staying away from. I will. Uh, I'll take a shot on DeAndre Swift because yeah. of what you said. Carryon Johnson is glass. Uh, he can't stay healthy. He's got phenomenal talent, really. I mean, he's he's got a nice one, shift. he was the one that broke the hundred yard deficit, I believe. So uh, he's got the talent, but I just don't see him staying healthy. And if DeAndre Swift gets that workhorse role. I don't think he lets it go. So I do believe they start off in like a as a tandem, but I believe Carrion gets injured and then DeAndre Swift just runs with it. Yeah. I can see that happening too. Yeah. So how do you two feel about uh Hawkinson? TJ Hawkinson, the tight end. Let me tell you, week one last year I felt really good about Hawkinson. Oh, I did too. Because I well. st- I started him. <laughs> I dra- and, and I drafted him and uh Got him for super cheap in my auction. Mm-hmm. I believe I paid a dollar. And uh, after week one, where I had Lamar Jackson for a dollar and TJ Hawkinson for a dollar, I'm like, yeah. Yep. Look at my draft. And, <laughs> and then I think by week five, I cut TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> <laughs> I just – but statistically, uh, first-year tight ends don't have great years. Right. So and, and I think you see a value in him. I mean, they wouldn't have drafted him eighth overall in 2019 if they didn't value what production they think he's going to have. Right. I could see more targets going his way, but like you said, being a rookie tight end, it's hard to produce. Yeah, I uh, I think he gets a little bit more integrated into this offense this year. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be a good streaming option. Okay. Um, I don't know if he'll be relevant on a week-to-week basis yet, though. I only have him finishing with 544 yards mm-hmm. um, off of 46 receptions. Sorry, 45 receptions. Okay. But, like I said, there might be weeks where, you know, he gets you 80 yards and a touchdown. So, I think he's a good streaming option. I don't – Yep. Those will be the weeks you're not starting him, though. Right, exactly, yeah. Well, those would be the weeks he does it, and then everyone thinks the breakout's coming. Right. And they go out and battle for him on the waiver wire. And, <laughs> you know, if you're running a fab league where blow half your fab on this guy and then him not do anything for a few more weeks, like, I just feel like that could happen. Potentially. Potentially. Um, who else? Anybody else? Where do you – you were talking about Marvin Jones earlier. I don't think we covered him very much. You started talking about his statistics, and then we kind of shifted. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got him at 116 targets and 78 receptions, mm-hmm. which is three more than I have Galladay for. All right. I don't know why. I must have gave him a significantly lower yards per reception mm-hmm. than I did Galladay. Um, if I did that, it's because of stats from last year and probably the year before. Um, I will say, though, that they both have over 10 touchdowns, mm-hmm. which also kind of seems high to me. But I think if Stafford stays healthy, I do believe that they could both finish with mm-hmm. – I got him for a 13 and 11 for, Mar- 11 for Marvin Jones. Like, All right. I just feel like, like we said, the tight end I don't think is going to do a whole hell of a lot. I don't mm-hmm. believe – these running backs are going to be enough of a factor in the passing game. Yep. They don't really, they don't really target their running backs all that often. Um, so the most that they target is their wide receivers. So why wouldn't they be able to? Right. They so if we target, covered, go ahead. They only target their running backs on 18% of their passing plays. Mm-hmm. Tight ends are only 21. 60% of their, the targets that come out of this offense are to the wide receivers. Yep. So, I mean. You know what you're getting there. Yeah. And those are the two main wide receivers. I think uh, they have Danny Amendola on their team too, I believe. Yeah. But I don't think he'll be that much of a factor. No, probably not. So, if we've covered all that, then I think we need to do one more thing, which is with uh, J.J. LeFant being such a big fan of the NFC North, getting a records prediction. Ooh, I like records predict- prediction. All right, J.J., where do you got the four teams in that division? Um, I'm a little bit of a homer. so you okay. know, That's, I'm that's never all right. We still need to hear it, though. <laughs> I think 
the Bears won the division at 11 and five. Wow. Improved right. offense. The defense gets more turnovers again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Green Bay finishes second at 10 and six. All right. And is a wild card team. I think the Vikings finish in that seven and nine, eight and eight, have a little bit of regression due to the turnover on defense. So about that ranging ball in every year. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the Lions at six and ten, they always, you know, seem like they're going to be good, and then they somehow find a way to collapse and end up at the bottom. So. Well, that defense is a yeah. pretty good reason why they collapse a lot. So if that's yeah. the case, and you have an 11-5 and five Bears team and a 10-6 and six Packers team, there's potentially a wild card game coming up. Are you going to beat them in the playoffs then, then too? They better, man. I've never seen a playoff victory in too long. I feel yeah, you, man. man. It's been 10 years since my Jets have been in the playoffs, and I'm hankering yeah. for it, but it ain't going to happen this year. <laughs> Never know. I don't like Gase, though. We'll see. Yeah, we talked about the AFC East break- breakdown, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gase. <laughs> God. That wonderful coach who still has a job somehow. Uh, I don't know how he does it. Just drives all the town out of town. Don't I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know what he – what does he do in interviews that just makes people go, yep, this is the guy? Because you oh. see him in front of, like, <laughs> the public, and he you just know, looks nuts. You know what he does? He says, oh, I was I was Peyton Manning's quarterback coach. Yeah. yeah That's what he says. Unfortunately, I think it was that endorsement that got him the job. Yeah. I, uh, I think he's been riding that for a long time. And Four or five years to, now? Yeah, and people need to wise up and be like, yeah, he's – He's no good. Yeah, well, hopefully this is the year that Joe Douglas's friend figures that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, boys. This was the uh, NFC North breakdown. Dove deep, you know, got some good insight. We did. Remember, if you're listening to this and you like what you're hearing, share it, download it, like it, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your alien that lives on Mars, tell them too. Make sure they download it and tell their alien friends. Um, it be so crazy these days. Yeah. <laughs> it is 2020. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't believe it. Someone on Mars might be downloading this. Right, you never know. I don't know who's downloading it. I see pe- some people are. It may be a Martian. Just make I sure you're social distancing as you download it. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not hard to social distance <laughs> when you're downloading. Just become a recluse and just stay in your house all day. That's what I do. That's right. <laughs> And spend four hours doing uh, statistics on fantasy football potential. You did, though. It's a lot. I did. That's what I did today. That was a good Sunday. Um, football in about three weeks or so, three, four weeks. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Uh, all right. This has been another episode of How Seymour Sees It, a fantasy football podcast. I am Ron Seymour saying goodbye for Joseph McCann and JJ LaPlante. And uh, Joe, do your thing. Boom.